us pray as we begin to uh, meditate on God's word. Heavenly Father, thank you for your restoration of all things. Thank you that you call us through Jesus to share and participate in what you are doing in the world. Lord, open my lips by the power of your Holy Spirit to speak the words that your people need to hear and open our hearts uh, to hear and to receive and to rejoice in what you give us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, church. Yeah, you can respond if you want. (laughs) You're probably not used to being addressed like that as church. But today's sermon is the conclusion of our Mission Life series, and it's basically about the local church. Uh, Not about my mini, although thank you to all those who came uh, to share the barbecue and to put the engine into the mini last Sunday. It was a great event. Um, Thank you for all your help. Um, Like the mini, I think that God almost has our church ready to go on the drive of a mission with Jesus. It was lots of fun. Barry learned about um, the difference between a left-handed and a right-handed screwdriver. Uh, thanks to Vince. Um, But it was a great community event. Today, I want to talk about the place of the local church in God's mission. And I want to say the first thing to you, which is maybe something that you've never heard a pastor say to you before, and that is, you really should stop going to church. You really should stop going to church. And you're probably going, what is this? I've I've always heard my pastor say that you really need to go to church. Why should we stop going to church? A number of reasons. For one thing, it's an impossibility. You see, the church is not a building and it's not an hour and a half on a Sunday. And that's what we often are talking about when we say, I'm going to church. We say, we, we talk about either going to a building or going to the worship service on a Sunday morning. But that's not what church is. So, for one thing, you can't go to church. I'll unfold that a little bit more. For another thing, if you can go to church, then you can leave church. (laughs) But that's also an impossibility, which I will unfold for you in this sermon. Also, going to church can be a bit consumeristic. It's like, well, when I go to church, I don't get anything out of it. So it's not really worth my time. It's not really worth my while. It's kind of like going to a concert or going to the movies. It can be entertainment. And if it's not entertaining, if it's not fun, if I don't feel like I'm getting something out of it, then why would I do that? Now, let me get this straight. And this is a point on your sermon outline as well. I want you, along with me, to hunger for weekly worship, to be committed to the gathering of God's people around our Lord Jesus Christ as he shares his word and his sacrament with us. I want you to hunger for prayer and for God's word and for the community of his people as we walk together with the risen Jesus. But I don't want you to go to church. Why is that? Well, to understand that, we need to know what is the church. And I'm sure that Sally could uh, tell me this from her her study of the small catechism, and many of us probably could as well. Sally, what is the church? 
It's not a building. It's not a service on Sunday. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely. That's a good start. So the church is the body of believers who are gathered around Jesus as he comes to us in word through the Bible and through the preaching and in sacraments through baptism and Holy Communion. The church is the living body of Christ. So when you say, I'm going to church, you're you're talking nonsense because we are the church. If you say, I'm leaving church, you're also talking an impossibility because you are the church, the body of Christ, the community of people committed to gathering for worship and to shared life and to following Jesus throughout the week. I want you to have a look around. I'm not joking. Take a look at the people around you. Do it now. Have a bit of a look. We're a bit of a weird bunch, aren't we? <laughs> <We're>... <laughs> I'm a weird bunch. We are an eclectic group of people from multitude of different backgrounds, from a computer programmer from Hong Kong to a family of Sudanese refugees to a bunch of uh, Aussie, Oka uh, people who've, who've lived here all our lives. We're a bit of a weird bunch, but we are united by Jesus. You are the church. So as you look around at the people around you today, this morning, and to think of those who um, are gathered with us but, but are not here for worship this morning, you're looking at cells in your own body. You're looking at other people who make up the body of Jesus. And so, as church, as the body of Christ, I'm asking this morning, will you commit yourself to gathering together for worship so God can equip us to be his people throughout the week? Will you commit yourself to share in the prayer and the fellowship and the suffering and the joy and the messiness of life together as God's people under our head, who is Jesus. Will you commit yourself to this strange bunch of forgiven sinners, all of us, who no one can judge anyone else, and all of us sit at the foot of the cross, completely equal in God's sight, equally in need of God's grace? Will you commit yourself to this bunch of people that God has brought together through Jesus and learn to walk together with the risen Jesus, because that's what it means to be the church. The church is God's agency for restoration, forgiveness, healing, and hope. And for a long time, I was a little bit skeptical about the church. You know, a lot of people say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have some questions for God. And it's going to be like, why was all this suffering? And why did you let that happen? My question is not that. My question is, for heaven's sake, why did you choose the church? (laughs) Why, God, did you choose this bunch of sinful people to be the agency through which you carry out your mission? Wasn't there a better way? Couldn't you have done it more effectively? (laughs) That's my question for God. But let's turn to... Um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10 to 12 in our Bibles, um, to see what I mean when I say that the local church is God's agency for 
restoration and healing and forgiveness. Ephesians 3, verse 10 to 12 is on page 1175. So in this passage, Paul is praying for the church. Um, I'm going back to verse 16, for instance, he says, I pray that out of God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And then he goes on to talk about how they may know the love of Christ. And now let's look at verse, uh, sorry, I think I've got that wrong. Um, Verse 20 and 21, would someone read those two verses out for us? Sally, you look like a likely person again. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And if we look back at Ephesians chapter 1, verse, you can have a look at verse uh, 15 to 23, but we're just going to look at verse uh, 22 and 23. Right? Has someone got that? Susie. Good morning. Come on. Yeah, Ephesians 1, 22 to 23. That's Jesus' feet. All things under Jesus' feet. Yep. God placed all things under Jesus' feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the physical thing that God uses to get stuff done on this earth. That is astonishing to me. When when, uh, Saul meets the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus, and, and you know that Saul has been throwing Christians in prison. He's been persecuting Christians, right? And what does Jesus say to him? He says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? When something happens to a member of the body of Christ, it happens to Jesus. But also, what Jesus wants to get done on this earth, he does through his body, the church, the people of God. That's just astonishing to me. That's why it's so important that the local church is involved in God's mission. God has no other plan. God has no plan B for the salvation of the world except for the spreading of the good news through the body of Christ, the church on earth. And the local church is God's agency for his restoration and forgiveness and good news being spread in the world. When we look around, do it again, have another look. (laughs) The people who are here, the body of Christ, I wish and I hope and I pray that what you see, you see with spiritual eyes. Not a bunch of slightly weird people that have not very much in common, but the glorious body of Jesus, the forgiven Ones who are being called to shine the light of God's glory in the world. The local church in all its hidden glory, its forgiven wonder and its sinful messiness is the vehicle of God's local mission. He has no other 
plan. Good morning, Odranga. It is good that you are with us, my sister. So how do we be the church? How do we be the church in mission? I want to look at a model. Now, this is descriptive. It talks about a situation. It's not prescriptive. It doesn't talk about how things should be. But I think it's a great model for us as a local church in mission. So can we turn together to Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 42 to 47? And as you listen to this passage, think, what would it be like if our church was like that? How can the Holy Spirit be shaping us as God's local church to be living a life like this? Um, Janie, can I get you? To, this, is on the, this is after the day of Pentecost. So when the church has just been born through 3,000 people coming to faith in Jesus. Acts chapter 2 verse uh, 42 to 47. Wow, what a great story. Not a church without any problems. We know that from what happens um, in various places next. But a church that was devoted to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, which is the sharing of life together, not just coffee after the service, but, but actually sharing life together. They were devoted to hospitality. They met together in homes. And they were devoted to prayer they also gave generously to those who were in need. They saw a need and they responded in love and in grace. Wouldn't it be great if our church were like this model? And you know what? It's happening. The Holy Spirit is forming amongst us a community of love and care and generosity and sharing in God's word and praying together and sharing life together. And it's glorious. Just a couple, I've got these points um, here on your sermon outline. There's four really important things which, which match with our churches, our local church's vision and mission. Apostolic teaching. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. In other words, the teaching now that is from the scriptures, that is focused on Jesus and on the risen Jesus. And that's what our church um, vision statement means by the scripture. They shared fellowship and they shared things in common. They, they walked on the journey together. They didn't just gather once a week on a Sunday, but they shared life together. They met together in the temple courts and broke bread from house to house. So they shared meals together, both the meal of Holy Communion, but also ordinary meals like the barbecue that we had last Sunday before we put the engine in my mini. And that's the meal. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And that's the mission. See, it's Jesus who's adding to their number. It's Jesus who's growing the church as the church lives out its life as his body. So how can that happen amongst us even more than it already is? Well, it's about how we live towards one another in Christ, who is our head. And those words, those two words, one another, one another, are very important in the New Testament. In fact, there are over 50 one another's 
one another verses in the New Testament. And I'm just going to look at a couple of them as our church works out how we can live uh, in, in God's mission. Um, if you have a copy of your sermon outline, we're, we're actually going to read uh, some of these out together. And you might see a common theme emerging here uh, in these one another's. Let's read that first one. Love one another as Christ has loved you. Love one another, but not from yourself, but from the love that Jesus gives to us. Secondly, accept one another just as Christ accepted you. Okay, we're beginning to see a theme forming here. Third one, forgive one another as the Lord forgave you. So as Jesus has empowered us and accepted us and loved us and forgiven us, that is the same way and that's the source of the power of us accepting and loving and forgiving one another. Um, let's, let's read those next ones. Be devoted to one another. Encourage one another daily. Bear one another's burdens. Um, there's lots more, but, but that's a good place to start. Forgive, accept, love, bear one another's burdens. When, when one part of the body of Christ is hurting, the whole body hurts with it. When one part rejoices, the whole body rejoices with it. When pa- one part has done something wrong and needs forgiveness and needs to be reminded of God's grace, the rest of the body brings that healing and that restoration to Uh, to that person. Encourage one another daily. We need each other. We can't do the Christian life alone. We need the encouragement of a brother or a sister when things are tough. We need the rejoicing of a brother or sister when things are good. And we learn to bear one another's burdens. It was a beautiful thing to see um, Janie and... Deb, see each other again after a long time this morning and to catch up with how things are going and to go, oh, I'm, I love you. I'm going to be praying for you. You know, how can I help you? How can we support you in, in the tough things that are happening? There's a glorious mutuality there because we belong to Christ and because Jesus is at work in us. The local church... This small bunch of somewhat strange people, (laughs) I love you, I really do. I love you very much and I pray for each of you. I pray for each of you regularly. So when I say strange, don't don't think I'm insulting you, okay? I include myself in that. It's like the the only thing though that brings us all together is Jesus. The only thing that is the one thing that we have in common is that we belong to Jesus and he is our head and we are part of his body. And that brings a relationship and a sense of family and a sense of mutuality that can be found in no other organization on the face of the planet. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are the church of God. And with all our faults and frailties and sinfulness and selfishness, we are God's vehicle for bringing his good news and his forgiveness and restoration to our local area. And so are the other local churches. I'm not saying that they're not, but right now, this is us. This is the body of Christ that God is putting together in this place. 
we are gloriously reflecting together what Jesus is like. We are gloriously entering into the life of Christ that reaches out in love and forgiveness for the rest of the world. And that's how to be the church in mission. And that's why I want you to stop going to church and to be the church for the glory of God and the sake of Jesus. Amen.